this is going to be exciting. I'm super excited, super, super excited to go out there and spend a couple weeks in the rain. There's over-the-counter tags. You can go to Montana or Idaho or Mexico or something like that and, and hunt bears on over-the-counter tag. People can complain about a $5 increase for a tag, a state tag fee in their home state or whatever, and they just whine and complain like it's the last thing. Those people watch movies each week. They go out to dinner. They think nothing about going out to lunch. The one thing you can't buy is time. And so that's the one thing, you know, some of your listeners and you yourself or whatever, you know, should have in the back of their mind is what's my real future here? Washington sheep, goat, and moose are not worth applying for. $110 application fee, they aren't worth it. And then, you know, there's other scenarios, a lot of scenarios that are well worth it. So it's a little intimidating for bear hunters to say, well, I'm going to go out and actually find one and then I'm going to harvest it. And it's all going to come together, but it it will it, it will if that's your goal and you're you're looking to find a bear. Um, there's a good chance you'd go out and see some bears. Hey everybody, Jason Carter here with Epic Outdoors, and you're listening to Living Country in the City. Y'all ready for your dose of flyover state spirit? Straight from the concrete jungle. Well, put down your latte and pull on your boots. It's time for Living Country in the City. All right, y'all, welcome to episode 69 of Living Country in the City. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. So getting to today's episode, uh, back at Western Hunt Expo, I got a chance to meet Jason Carter of Epic Outdoors. Unfortunately, it was the last day and actually the last few minutes of the expo, and both of us were pretty tied up, so we didn't get to sit down and do an episode in person. But fortunately, we were able to hop on the line and sit down and really have a great conversation. So hope you all enjoy this episode. Talking today with Jason Carter of Epic Outdoors. Jason, thank you so much for hopping on the line with me today. Hey, you bet, man. Anytime. Happy to visit with you. And uh, you're calling all the way from uh, from the frozen north up up top, right? Yeah, I'm up here in Anchorage, uh, chilling out in a motel for a minute. To get, uh, we grab a little puddle jump flight here from Anchorage to Sandpoint, headed out to the peninsula to hunt brown bears. So 
Anyway, you caught me just in time. I'll lose cell service here in about eight hours. <laughs> well, I definitely want to ask about that. But one thing I always like to start with is, uh, for those who may not be as familiar with you, just you know a little bit about kind of your history, how you got your start in the in the outdoors and hunting. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've always been raised in hunting. Uh, you know, from the very beginning. My, you know, uh, I was, you know, born in the seventies. And, uh, you know, my dad became a wildlife biologist and a, and a conservation officer. I was going to school at Utah State University um, in the 70s and graduated and got a job at the Utah Game and Fish. So anyway, and that's what he did. And so he also just obviously loved to hunt, was raised hunting, and that's all he did. That's literally all he did. And, and that's all our extended family did. So Anyway, uh, you know, during uh, regular big game seasons here in Utah, he had to, you know, work those those seasons. And so if he wanted to hunt himself, he had to kind of learn how to hunt out of state. And did a lot of research and proclamations and regulations from other states and, and a lot of applying. Uh, so, you know, obviously, you know, back then there was a lot of over-the-counter opportunities as well. But just mixing and matching seasons and figuring out to how to hunt in and around his own work schedule during the Utah big game seasons. And so as he did that, we kind of, kind of grew up through the ranks being, uh, you know, a partner with him in crime, so to speak, uh, in the passenger seat a lot, the game and fish truck and, and, uh, spent a lot of time in the hills and, you know, whether it be chained up in snow or whatever, we, you know, surveys, we did a lot of aerial surveys for bighorn sheep or antelope or whatever. And a lot of times I got to, be in the helicopter with them and so it was pretty fun had a great uh, childhood and was just raised out in the, in the wild and basically this is all I've known and and all I've done and so you know that just kind of kind of an early childhood uh, brings you up through uh, high school college I continued I went went out in finance in college kind of as a backup I guess and in into business my dad was always into business developed uh, wildlife calls and a wildlife call business and uh, sold, you know, electronic grunt calls for whitetail hunters as well as electronic trapping lure. Uh, it was a bird squeaking, you know, and different things and scents and diaphragms for elk calling and turkey calling and whatnot. So just had a had 30 or 40 different products that he would sell through Cabela's and Bass Pro Shops and whatnot. So uh, continued on with that, and then he ended up selling that business. And, and about that time, I graduated from college. And uh, we started the business, uh, the Hunt and Fool magazine. We started that, and it was just basically a service to help hunters, to help uh, hunter, you know, educate hunters on out-of-state hunting opportunities. Uh, There's a magazine and and crank through all the statistics and odds, and we continue with that uh, same business model for Epic Outdoors. So you know, you can go to epicoutdoors.com and see what we're all about. But anyway, just a long history, you know. 30 plus years of 30, 40 years being in the hills, being out of state, uh, and hunting anything and everything big game. That's amazing. Funny enough, uh, one of my very first, uh, episodes I recorded with, uh, one of the guys over at Hunt and Fool, one of the guys that's over there now, Austin McPhee. Um, he was one of my, it was, I had no clue what I was doing. I was at, uh, uh, the International Sportsman's Expo in Salt Lake, and just walking around, I'm like, wow, these guys have a big truck. I'm going to talk to them. <laughs> yeah, here's a big camel truck. Let's jump in that thing and do a podcast. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. So uh, yeah. 
now you guys, uh, now you're running uh, Epic Outdoors, and that's, uh, like you said, sort of a, a similar business model. It uh, helps uh, uh, helps folks choose where to apply for tags and, and that sort of a thing, right? Tell me a little bit more about that. It, yeah, it is. It's, uh, it's uh, heavily research-based. We were monthly, December through June, bi-monthly the remaining part of the year, nine issues a year, but it's 150 pages of just heavy, heavy research, a few stories and, and whatnot. But we go through all the Western states and break them down and give you draws, kill percentages. Uh, our comments on the units just really heavy in the research uh, side of things. Um, and so anyway, we're not just uh, researching just to write the mag and be done with it. It's something we live for. We do it year round and constantly making notes and spreadsheets and whatnot and just you know, there's a lot of our hunters that are very serious guys as well, and and we learn from them as well. I mean, there's guys that are, uh, you know, taking it very serious and know what they're talking about and whatnot, and and we teach each other at times. So, anyway, it's uh, it's been it's been really good. We sell hunts as well, kind of like a booking agent, and then we apply for tags. You know, nowadays um, things aren't just over the counter. There's a few over the counter opportunities like you had there in Idaho on your archery elk hunt and stuff, but a lot of these you need to apply for and some of them are easy to draw and some of them aren't, but when you have a limited resource and a management strategy, depending on the state, then, uh, you know, it usually makes it to where you need to have a limited num- number of tags and, and there's a little, usually more demand than, than, than there are tags. And so that makes it to where it's a natural to have a draw process. And so anyway, we, that's what we do. We work on the draw. We, we deal with the draw and, and where to apply and, there's a lot of guys that just want tags and there's some guys that want trophy animals or whatever. It's something that's managed a little tighter. So anyway, we research it all and deal with it all. And, and also there's landowner tags and, and guaranteed tags that outfitters have where you can just go buy a guided hunt and uh, do that route as well. And some guys do both. So we deal with everything, everything uh, as far as Western big game hunting from Canada, uh, Alaska to Mexico and everything in between. Sounds like everything pretty much soup to nuts. Not a bad deal. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's $100 a year. And, uh, of course, guys can call in and visit with us. And and we have that every day. We deal with that a lot. And uh, we love it. You know, it's it's very personalized service. And there's, you know, we got guys, who, whether they ask questions about restrictions for muzzle or hunting or whatever in a particular state to to, you know, very serious questions about the trophy potential in, in, in a particular unit in whatever state they've got interest in. So, yep, it is. It's very, very intense. I work with a super group of guys, uh, Adam Bronson. He's uh, a very serious sheep outfitter here in Utah and uh, also uh, guides in Nevada as well. Does a great job. He's killed an amazing amount of uh, desert bighorns for his clients or helped him kill them and guided him and whatnot. He was also a biologist for the Utah Division of Wildlife, graduated with a master's in wildlife biology, and and uh, I've worked with him for, I don't know, 15 years or so, and then uh, John Peterson worked with him for 20 years or so, and then his brother Chris, 10 years or so, and we've also got a brother-in-law of mine, uh, Jeff John, and, and he's on board, and, and so, you know, and a few other staff members as well, so very, very aggressive, tight group of guys that are that are very serious and and uh, do a great job. Well, I think 
that's one of the things that makes your guest service so valuable is the ability to actually call people up and talk to talk to someone because you can read all of the stats and all of the data and especially as as a new hunter sometimes you may think you understand it but you just really need to ask the question have somebody confirm you're thinking the right way or just talk through something with someone just to give yourself that added bit of confidence before you drop I mean let's face it a pretty stinking significant amount of money on a tag yeah, 100%. You know, hunting's not cheap. And uh, you you found that out, you know, you know, your experience in Idaho and whatnot. You can sure drop a lot of money on, on some things and some hunt, uh, hunting gear. Whether It's hunting gear. It's gas. It's a vehicle. It's, you know, the bow alone or a rifle or whatever. I mean, you can you can crank up to ten to 20000 pretty quick. It's not, you know. And then, obviously, sometimes, you, you know, you may not need that much gear and, and whatnot, but it's not cheap. And so it's nice to bounce a few things off and to make sure that experience is what you need and the gear might be what you need or whatever and not just waste money. And, and, uh, and we, ba- we like to bounce our own, you know, I mean, as much uh, experience as we have, it's always nice to get a second opinion. Adam and I are bouncing, you know, ideas off each other all year round about what to apply for and what our strategy is. And so, you know, we all, we all like that little confirmation that we're doing the right thing. Uh, absolutely. Now, I want to talk a little bit about this bear hunt. You know, we were talking we were talking a little bit earlier and you know, I told you uh, an Alaskan brown bear hunt is is that's like my my dream hunt right there. That's one of my bucket list things. I uh I remember when I was first getting interested in hunting, I was kind of looking up the regulations. I didn't know what I was doing, so I was just Google searching everything and I was looking up hunting seasons in California and I remember thinking to myself, I was like, oh, bear seasons. Wow, that's kind of crazy. And then I looked, I'm like, there's an archery bear season. I'm like, I never knew people did that. And now <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, like, that would be the coolest thing, you know. I, It's just, I don't know, to me, that's that's like the one of the the highest levels in my mind. Like, one, you know, I mean, I love I love bow hunting. I think it's amazing. But then... The idea of not just hunting a, a predator or something that can actually hunt you back, but I mean, pretty top level predator as far as they go. I mean, yeah, there's yeah. not there's not much really that that rivals rivals those. I mean, it's just I mean, it, it, as about as epic as it gets to <laughs> to use yeah, the term. It, it is it is for the. For North America, yeah, it is. There's no question. I mean, the only other thing would be a polar bear, and they hunt you down. Nice. Uh, you know, I mean, those, you know, polar bear, brown bear, grizzly, they're, they're significant predators. Um, you know, not something to be taken lightly. There's a lot of preparation that goes into it, and a lot of cartridge selection, and, you know, the guides and outfitters, everybody's very cautious and careful. And uh, But it's also something uh, you have a lot of respect for. Those opportunities don't come around very often very uh limited you know uh number of tags that and that are out there and as far as opportunities uh the outfitters and whatnot they want to take care of their area and not shoot it out and there's just a lot of you know it, there's a lot of a lot of management that goes into it as well and so very aggressive they're salmon fed basically a grizzly on salmon you know and so they're <laughs> bigger than a grizzly and uh 
but very, uh, in a lot of respect for them. I mean, they're, they're monsters and we're about to see them. I've been out and, and, uh, you know, I've been in the hills and hunting Alaska and Canada and whatnot and seen a few grizzlies and, but this will be, uh, this will be kind of the next level. And then, and, uh, you know, and I've got a tag, it's been on my bucket list as well. I've wanted to do it for years and years, but you know, you get busy doing what you like to do and you get comfortable hunting elk and deer and antelope and when you draw sheep tags and whatnot down in the lower 48. And so this is going to be exciting. I'm super excited, super, super excited to go out there and spend a couple weeks in the rain glassing, <laughs> glassing for bears. So, so out of curiosity, it's one of those things where it, I know there's a difference, but if somebody asked me, I wouldn't even know how to explain it as between a, a grizzly and a brown bear. Yeah. Grizzlies are internal. They're, they're more of a mountain bear. So you can just kind of think of them as a mountain bear. And then once you get out on the coast and, you know, where the bears feed on salmon, they're a brown bear. And so that's, that's the major difference. It's what they eat, their diet. And, uh, and so with their diet, you know, I mean, eating salmon, they're, they just, man, they, they're a little bit bigger. They're just a step above size wise, maybe two steps above. There's some you big old, big old bears. So salmon fed's a big thing. Interior, uh, mountain bears, a, gri- a grizzly be a mountain bear. If you're up stone sheep hunting, uh, a lot of caribou hunting, moose and whatnot, depending on where you're at, you could see a grizzly and, and whatnot, but that's the difference. So are you, uh, are you going out there solely for, solely for bear or are you also planning on, uh, adding some other animals to the list while you're, while you're up in Alaska? Well, yeah, this, this time of year, I mean, uh, um, there's no sheep seasons or anything going and the other animals like moose and caribou and whatnot, they shed, they shed their antlers just like an elk or a deer. So the springtime, you know, there's, there's no seasons and they're, they're just growing, growing, uh, antler back, you know, they're very, very, uh, in the growth cycle. I mean, it's, it's, uh, they just shed them oh maybe a couple months ago. And so they don't, they don't have much growth on their head. So anyway, this is strictly, I mean, springtime hunting is generally bear. You, you're bear and bear and not much else. And so it's bear and, you know, it's, of course, people fish a little bit here and there. But but generally, you know, if you you got guys down in the lobby and people that are flying in on planes, if they're hunting, they're hunting either black bear, brown bear, or grizzly. So generally, uh, brown bear and black bear. So, so out of curiosity, I mean, I've I've just started really trying to learn a bit more about bear hunting and you know i feel like there's i i've found some good books recently and um but i feel like there's so much about elk hunting or deer hunting it's it's really easy to kind of be like okay this is how i start this is how the steps i go through to figure things out with bear hunting i i feel like it's tough to find find those same kind of resources like i wouldn't even know i'm like okay awesome i want to i want to get tags i want to do a spring bear hunt um you know say even just for for black bear or something like that i would where do like where does a person even start um because i you know i i'm not interested in you know baiting and sitting a tree stand i've got nothing against it but for me it's just wouldn't, wouldn't be the same. You know, I'd want it, I'd want it to be a spot in stock. So, I mean, 
what what yeah, would somebody what would you recommend for somebody that's like interested in in maybe learning more and and, and wanting to start uh start doing some bear hunting yeah it's uh you know getting the tag is the main thing there's some some of these states are on a draw you know colorado and utah and a few of these other states are nevada's even got blackbird you know on a draw but um, there's over-the-counter tags. You can go to Montana or Idaho or New Mexico or something like that and, and hunt bears on over-the-counter tag. In a lot of those states, you just, you'll need to get the regulations, figure out if you can bait, use dogs, or spot and stock. So some states you can't use bait. Uh, some states are in seasons. You know, they might even be season-specific, uh, spring and fall. And so anyway, you figure that out. But if you're wanting to spot and stock, you can do that generally – any particular season there's no nothing that ever says you can't spot stock there and so your your style of hunting is perfect uh you know you can do that and it's just a matter of getting the tag going out and doing it you need to be able to glass uh like montana we've hunted montana you've got a lot of logging roads and little you know open uh hillsides here and there but there's a lot of forest as well and so you know the bears will come out generally they come out the latter half of the day uh, not a lot of activity in the morning and then, uh, and you can take a, you know, a mountain bike or something that's really quiet on these old logging roads that might not be available or open to vehicle traffic. And then, you know, and you can kind of cruise through some of that country and stop and glass, stop and glass, stop and glass, or you might just get up on glass and knobs and glass them, glass them up and then spot and stalk them. Once you've, you know, located a boar or, or a, even a, a female if it doesn't have cubs or whatever generally speaking if they've got cubs and you know they've got cubs you you know it's illegal to kill them um but anyway so you know it's just a matter of getting started spot and stock there's not a i mean there's a few tutorials online you can kind of go through and learn about bears and how to judge them and female versus male and whatnot you know utah game and fish or colorado game and fish or whatever you can get on there and and do that and kind of educate yourself anyway and and learn as much as you can that way but glassing them there's no i mean it's a matter of you know your equipment you're going to put your glass on a tripod you're gonna you know or or not and then just how aggressive you're willing to get and cover in the country there's you know if you start really working for bears you, you that's your goal is i'm going to hunt black bears you know you'll be able to glass them up and work and uh and have a decent hunt if you're in a decent area but generally speaking, if you're just out and about and you're not, you know, you count up all the times in your life you've seen a bear, there's not many times you just happen upon a bear. It's, they're kind of rare to find and see. And so it's a little intimidating for bear hunters to say, well, I'm going to go out and actually find one and then I'm going to harvest it and it's all going to come together. But it it will. It, it will. If that's your goal and you're, you're looking to find a bear, um, there's a good chance you'd go out and see some bears. Um, you know, if you if you work it hard and you you're looking for sign, you're looking for fresh tracks and mud and whatnot, then you can kind of get a feel for where the bears are frequenting, and then you really hone in and and work that country. So there is baiting, there's dogs, there's spot and stock, you know, a lot of varieties on on how to hunt them and whatnot. But you know, I don't have dogs, and and uh, and maybe on black bear I wouldn't want to hire somebody, and so. You know, I would be a spot and stock guy too, or or maybe I'd register a bait site in Utah if that ever was something I wanted to do, which you know I haven't done. Uh, you know, here in the lower 48, I've sat in some stands up in Canada and whatnot, but never harvested a bear. But anyway, well, that's kind of the gist of it. So pretty much covering ground, uh, spending a lot of time glassing and and 
just keeping an eye out as close as you can for for any tracks, any any scat, any any other signs you might see. Yep, that's it. You're just covering ground, and you're and you're glassing good areas, and and putting yourself in good areas and places. You know, if you just sit and watch one hillside for the whole evening, just one hillside, and and it's a small hillside. I mean, chances are you might not see bear. You know, but if you if you can glass multiple hillsides from one vantage point, or or you can stop and glass and work and cover cover the ground and and do it justice. I mean, those are the ideal cases, you know, where you can, not like elk, we don't have herds and herds and herds of them, <laughs> you know, and they don't make lots, they don't make lots of noise and their black bears really aren't that big, you know, they're surprisingly small. And, and so anyway, it's not, not the easiest thing in the world to do, but definitely worth doing. Uh, you know, it's not, you're not throwing money down the drain. It's definitely a, you know, definitely a decent possibility that you'd have a decent hunt. So that's awesome. Yeah. It's definitely for me, I don't know, as far as North American hunting goes, that's like one of the, the pinnacle things. I, I, I don't get as excited about it as going out and chasing elk and like something that I would, that's more, uh, uh, and every, every year kind of thing, I think for a lot of people, but it's still, I feel like, and, and especially, you know, as a guy, like I want to, Oh, you know, take a bear. I, I'll admit it's a it's a kind of a chesty dude kind of a thing, you know. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, it, it might be, and and uh, there's, I I like to experience a little of everything. So mm-hmm. you know, it's not like I'm going on to something, but it's not something like I don't want to hunt a brown bear every year my whole life. Like that's it's really not that for me. But but I do want to hunt deer every year my whole life, maybe mm-hmm. two or three times. You know, and I want to hunt elk two or three times every single year for my whole life. Um, but I like to experience a lot of different things. This forces you to get out and see some things you wouldn't otherwise see. Uh, it's what, you know, kind of like hunting different states for different species. You get to take part in the culture, you know, get to, it's kind of like being a tourist, but with purpose, kind of like what you were talking about. You don't want to just exercise just to say you exercise. Uh, you know, you want to exercise because you're preparing for a competition or you got an end goal or something you're working towards, and that's a, similar to the hunting. It's I don't want to just be a tourist. I don't want to just travel around just to say I've been there and go look at the shops and kind of. I would go crazy. I'd be bored. I'd be like, <laughs> all right, well we're gonna you know go rent a bike and go ride around Anchorage or whatever it is, right? <laughs> so you know, but for but for hunting wise, it's like forces me. I'm gonna go see Sandpoint. I'm gonna go to the end of the peninsula. I'm gonna be close to the Aleutian Islands, which isn't too far from Russia. And, take part in the culture and the community, stay in a little old, you know, trapper's cabin or whatever. And, uh, in, you know, to, to have those experiences is, is just, uh, so awesome, you know, and, and regardless if I even take a bear and I'm, and I'm okay not to take a bear. It's not really just about the kill. Um, and I, and I know everybody says that and that's the kosher thing to say, but it's kind of the truth. It's not about, proven you can harvest something it's it's the whole experience it's learning about the bears it forces you to immerse yourself and you know you can't do it unguided uh, as a non-resident so you're going to learn a lot from the guides and 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 uh, of course they do this every year and they know the bears and you find out that these animals you'll have a lot of re- you'll end up with a lot of respect from animals you don't hunt where you otherwise thought were maybe even a little boring but there's they're, they're pretty cool there's a lot of 
a lot to learn and and uh and you'll gain a lot of respect for for everything you hunt if you you know if you do it with the right attitude so anyway i'm i'm really looking forward to it and and, and that's that's why i like to sometimes we go to the yukon or or uh british columbia or or whatever or even if it's other states kansas you know i learned a lot in kansas and i'm and i'm not raised around whitetails but then you start going man i could i could really be addicted to these whitetails i could get going on this you know but by doing that, you kind of takes away from Mulder, which are king, right? <laughs> well, you know, so, it's funny. There's a reason every there's a reason ninety percent of the hunting community chases whitetails and turkey. I mean, I yeah. I I don't get me wrong. Like I my passion, what I obsess about and dream about and think about every second of every day is is elk and mule deer and being in the back country and, and all of that. But, you know, there's something to be said for the ability to go out and just spend a day chasing, chasing whitetail or chasing Turkey or, um, being out, you know, you're still, I know it's not for everyone, but it's still hunting regardless of what people think. I think it's awesome. And, And even turkeys, like people that, you know, bash on Turkey hunters. I mean, they're, they're half doing it, just teasing them, you know, but, Honestly, turkeys are pretty fun, man. Like it's calling them in. It's the there's a lot there's a lot more to it. Like yeah, if you're just driving down the road and you get out and shoot one, it doesn't do a lot for a guy. But but turkey hunters that are serious about turkey hunting, kind of frown on that. It's not. It's more of kind of an ethics, um, mm-hmm. you know. And so in and it's about roosting them, learning their habits, and then and then uh, calling them in. And they come strutting in. It's just, it's similar to elk hunting. And it, it is similar to elk hunting. And so, you know, I, I love turkey hunting, but I, I haven't killed a turkey for a long time. But I hunt them aggressively with my kids uh, every year. And they're they're the perfect for youth. They're perfect for even adults. There's a lot of addiction out there, of course, to them. Uh, I've got my, my dad goes to six or seven or eight states a year. Uh, I mean, state to state to state with a pop-up camper and doesn't quit. And, uh, you know, hunting birds, like that's taking it to a whole nother level for a month and a half. You know what I mean? Well, I feel like one of the nice things about it, too, is, you know, you're going to go turkey hunting. I mean, yeah, there's definitely money, money to be spent if you want to, but you can get away (laughs) with spending a whole lot less money going turkey hunting than than necessarily prepping for a a public land elk hunt or something like that. Oh yeah. Like with your elk hunts, like you're, you like, you know, I mean, you can have any kind of weather hit you, you know, now you're going to need X amount of gear. Um, there's just a lot more that goes into it. The tags are more expensive. Um, you know, you've got to travel to where you can get a tag. You can't just get a tag in California. So you've got to go, you know, get a tag in Idaho, which takes you four states across or three states mm-hmm. versus, you know, your home state, you can hunt turkeys in your home state, you know? And so, there's a lot of opportunities like that and it is, it is cheaper, but, but let's face it. Like there's a lot of people, we choose what we spend our money on and oh, yeah. you know, I, I, people can complain about a $5 increase for a tag, a state tag fee in their home state or whatever. And they just whine and complain. Like it's the last thing. Those people watch movies each week. They go out to dinner. They think nothing about going out to lunch. Nobody's ever taken a lunchbox to work or, you know, I mean, just, <laughs> You know, we choose, like we choose, you know, we choose and they have boats. The same people have boats or extra cars or expensive car. 
you know, all kinds of stuff we get to choose. And, and so anyway, I, I try not to think about it too much. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously you've got to, because it's a significant part of my income goes to hunting, but, uh, at the same time, that's the life I want. Like the, no use going to work if you can't hunt in my for for me you know and so anyway we all we all get to choose what we spend our money on but i you know it's cool you get to hunt all these different things and turkeys is something you can do every single year you get you out in the spring we're all getting cabin fever and shed hunting either you're shed hunting or you're turkey hunting or you're bear hunting generally black bear or most in most cases and then you know turkeys and sheds that's what you do in the spring <laughs> absolutely so. no i'm i'm excited this year i uh i drew uh an audad hunt um so uh come next february i'll be hopefully chasing audad in new mexico and yeah. you know that's another one that you know i i want to do once i want to get one and then i think i'll be good you know i, I don't they, I get really excited about them, but I don't have any desire to, you know, try and chase Audat every year. I've heard, I've heard their meat's fantastic. Somebody was telling me that it's, it's absolutely great eating. But uh, oh yeah, it's like it's their sheep, you know, and and uh, yeah, that'll be awesome for you. Those are then it's not super easy. The some of that country, you probably unit twenty nine or something, you know, down south, but. Um, and they do have good populations down there, but, but sometimes it's pretty tough. It's not as easy as you think, especially if you're going on uh public land, you know, but what a, what a great hunt you'll have. That's awesome. Yeah. I had to, had to read it two or three times when I, uh, when I saw the draw, uh, the draw results come through. Cause I, I read it the first time and I'm like, oh, I didn't draw anything. And I'm like, wait a second. What does that say? And then, it's green. It's successful. <laughs> I, I had to read it two or three times before I actually believed it. I'm yeah. like, am I making a mistake here? Yeah. And then I made about 15 phone calls and text messages to everyone I knew. <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah, it's awesome. And that's part of this hunting. You know, half the hunt is figuring out where to go and how to get the tag. Maybe even more, you know, it's very, and so you feel like you felt a little mini success there and you haven't even thought about gear. You haven't even stepped foot on the unit. And so, you know, you just feel a little, and that's, that's the exciting part of this time of year as well is you're, you're applying for the draws and a lot of the results have come out this month and next month. And you kind of get to say, you know, figure out what you're going to do. And it's, it's awesome. It's a great, it's a great time of year. Well, it's, it's, the possibilities are, are unlimited, you know, it's, you get into hunting season and that's, that's exciting. You know, you know what you're doing and you get to go chase these animals, but it's, it's almost just as fun being, being in this time of year when you're planning for it because, you know, it's pie in the sky. It's like anything could happen. You know, you could get that, you could be that 0.01%, that one person that out of that, you know, however many thousand that draws that one epic unit and it's just you know it's the it's the exciting when that happens when that when that happens you you, the house comes down man it's a ginormous celebration Mm -hmm. and uh you know and it's happened it's happened a few times i've drawn a sheep tag in oregon and uh, early early uh, rifle elk tag in arizona that was not expected whatsoever and uh, even a deer tag here in Utah back in 96. I mean, there's some significant milestones. It feels <laughs> like in my life where, 
you know, I was that guy and I knew and it, and I didn't think it would happen. And, and you just blindly apply for some of these things and feel like it, you're just throwing, uh, good money after bad, so to speak. And it just, and then finally it comes, it, it comes out and you've got one of these tags that would cost otherwise $80,000 to buy or hundred or 50 or whatever, if you, if it was out on the open market. And so, those are just that's it's just a it's a great time of year there's always always people that are calling in the office telling us what they drew and <laughs> we get to help them plan and prep and talk to hunters that have hunted it in the past and uh, you know really uh get a feel for what they've got and then uh you know may might even choose an outfit or whatever but it's just it's just a great time of year it's all part of the hunt it's a year long year round year after year after year gaining points whatever uh lifestyle and and that's what it is. And you can, you can go out and hunt and there's some of your listeners might just, you know, want to go hunt and dabble in it and don't really want to make it a lifestyle or don't really just kind of want to participate in it, you know, a little bit each year. That's totally fine. There's plenty of opportunities. There's still over the counter opportunities. There's easy to draw areas. Uh, you can borrow a gun, whatever, you know, there's something for everybody, but once you get going, it, it, it's really hard to stop it because it does become <laughs> a lifestyle and, as you know, and you're doing audit. I mean, you know, here you are picking up a bow three years ago, and now you're doing audit. It's pretty impressive. I mean, you told me you if you told me back then that I would be even putting in for audit, let alone going hunt, I would have looked at you like you're crazy. I'd be like, I've well, you'd have first you you'd have first said, "What's an audit?" Yeah, yeah. You know? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and why why are they in New Mexico, and why aren't they in Arizona? And, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's a whole history behind all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, yeah, you've grown a lot in the short time you've been in. And, uh, you know, the one thing you can't buy is time. And so when you're applying and trying to gain points and these states are on a point system, uh, a lot of states are not New Mexico, but a lot of states are, um, you know, even now you, you may not think that you want to hunt a sheep someday, or you might not think much of, a, a trophy tag, you know, a, a tag that is, you know, high demand on a real limited basis. And so, but five or 10 years down the road, you might be like, all right, I've killed some bulls. I've gone to Idaho. I'm doing Colorado over the counter, whatever. I kind of want to take it to that next level, maybe have less people in the field, have a higher quality experience and, uh, and hunt real mature animals, animals that are able to die of old age because they're managed well. Um, well, you, you would have wished you would have been starting to get points back 10 years prior. You know what I mean? And so that's the one thing, you know, some of your listeners and you yourself or whatever, you know, should have in the back of their mind is what's my real future here. And, and, uh, and if it is continuing to hunt and, and hunt out of state because there's limited hunting opportunities in California, then you've got to say, all right, how am I going to do that? And just prep. Some of these points are cheap. They're cheap to get. And don't think a lot of it. Just do it. Go through the motions and then do your turkey hunts, do your over-the-counter elk hunts, do deer, odd ad when you draw it, things like that. And then, but all the while, you're prepping for cool opportunities that you're going to be prepared for uh, mentally, physically, gear-wise, and, and experience-wise. But yet, uh, be, you know, you're prepping for points, but then by the time you get them, you'll be prepared for the hunt you know, and you'll be ready for that experience. And so it's a, it's a progression. Hunting, hunting is a progression. And it's, you know, it's a, it's definitely a tough thing because it's 
overwhelming enough at times, you know, we were kind of talking about this earlier, it's overwhelming enough at times to just figure out one animal. Like when you know the state you want to hunt and the animal you want to hunt, that's, there's a lot of work involved in just figuring that out for the year. But then also, you know, having to have that forethought about, okay, you know, if this is something I want to do, I better, I, I need to get ahead of the game. And, um, it's, you know, it's super overwhelming. It's, it's an investment. I mean, a, a lot of states now, I think a lot of states are, are more or even are giving you the opportunity to just buy points. Um, if you don't want to hunt it that year or they're, you know, not as many of them are requiring you to put up the money up front. Um, and, yeah. and so there's definitely a few more frugal options than others. And, you know, uh, you've obviously got to look at that when you're kind of building your plan and, and how you want to apply and what you want to do each year. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough thing. And I, I had to really, I, there's a couple of times I tried to talk myself out of actually putting in for tags in other States that I'd like, cause I, I was telling myself, I'm like, no, it's just too much. I can't even think about this right now, but I'm like, ah, but you know, I had, I was fortunate enough that when I kind of started putting in, I had people telling me that, that very same thing. They're like, you're going to want, want this in a few years, do it now, just put in for, you don't have to, you don't have to hunt it. Just put in for the, the wor- the unit with the worst draw odds you can and, or just buy the points, yeah. but get them now. Yeah. Yep, it is. It's it's you got to look at it as an investment, um, and you know you got to figure that it, depending on where you're at in life. I mean, some people are old enough; they've you know, they're far past their earning potential, and they're you know they're on a fixed income or whatever. But as you know, our age, uh, uh, you know, our income hopefully will do nothing but gain and, and increase as time goes along, as we get more proficient in our jobs, our industries, we're you know, uh, mentally tougher and we don't accept less and whatnot. And so you just, as you get older, you know, you're going to miss, you're not going to miss that money of applying if it was a hundred dollars or $50 or maybe it's 200 non-refundable in a state like Nevada for buying a non-refundable hunting license to gain a point. You know, it's money. It is money well spent. You miss it for a minute, but then next month and the next month, you, it's almost like you don't miss it, but yet you've got points and you're gaining for the future and you're, you know, preparing for, a to, for, to be a sportsman in, in this day and age and to participate in, you know, awesome hunting opportunities, or if it's just a matter of providing meat for the table, it's not as much of the experience or any of that. It's just, and maybe it's part of the experience as well, but, but it's just, that's it. That's all you're doing is to eat clean meat and, uh, pure protein and have, you know, not, you know, uh, eat from you know animals that weren't fed steroids and all these things and that's great and there's plenty of opportunity you don't necessarily need to gain points for that um you know so it just depends everybody's in a little bit of a different state uh in what they do but uh but you know and there's no right or wrong to any of it we all we all get to choose for ourselves but the one thing you 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 know you just one thing i constantly tell myself and i find myself wishing i would gain points in certain places once in a while is you just can't buy time. You can't buy time and you can't just buy points. And so, you know, some of those hunting experiences come from an investment of time an investment into that state over years and years and years. No, definitely, definitely very, very valuable advice. (laughs) So, 
Well, coming from a guy that's lived, lived it and done it, and then also we've helped, you know, thousands of guys uh, develop strategies and what they're looking to accomplish. And, and some states just aren't worth it. Some states, Washington sheep, goat, and moose are not worth applying for. $110 application fee and, you know, one in 3,000 type draws at times. It, you know, and that's not including the point system that's in place. You add that on top, it might be one in 20,000 type draws or whatever. Um, those things just aren't, aren't worth, they aren't worth it. And then, you know, there's other scenarios and a lot of scenarios that are well worth it. And so anyway, that's just, that's just part of being in the game and learning it, uh, as you go along or, or, uh, having, you know, a service like Epic Outdoors, you know, work with guys and just get you started. I think the biggest thing is just, a an initial orientation of, of the different states and the, and the processes. And then, and, and, and I can give you a quick rundown of what I think's worth worth doing mm-hmm. and uh and then you know and, and also of course from from each hunter has a different perspective but if you said antelope's my biggest thing i want to do that every single year and then i'll do an over-the-counter elk all the while i want to make sure i you know someday 10 20 years down the road have a world-class outcome that's what you know then i would say okay this is what you need to be doing and there's some states you won't do so you know you can always curtail it you just and you know kind of make it to where it's very customizable to each hunter yeah and i mean there's always the again the benefit of working with uh with a service like yours is you can really open up a lot of those opportunities too to where you say okay i mean you know you can give people heads up that they may not even realize where it's like okay yeah i'm i really want to one day hunt freaking giant elk in arizona uh, so I gotta, but I gotta buy this, I gotta buy this license and, and all of this stuff. Is it, do I really want to put in if I have to buy this license? Like, yeah, okay. But think about the other opportunities that can get you and you can find ways to, to really add value. You know, so mm-hmm. for me, I buy the, because I'm applying in Arizona, I got to buy that license. I also go pick up that over the counter, uh, deer tag that they offer for archery. Yeah. And I'm I'm the biggest proponent of that tag in the world. I tell everyone about it. Um, yeah, sure. It's awesome. You get to hunt rutten deer in January or whatever. Of course, August as well, if you want. But I mean, yeah, there is there are things you can do and make good on, so, so to speak, on on the tags you buy. Now you don't want to spend, you know, a hundred and sixty dollars on a hunting license and say, well, now I need to buy an over the counter deer tag and then I need to drive from California just to make sure I make the most value out of that hundred and sixty dollars. Because you're spending a grand or two grand, you know, by the time it's all said and done. So, but for you, you're going to do it anyway. You want to do it. You're mm-hmm. an archer and you want to get those tags. Well, now let's say you did it, but you didn't apply for points. I mean, what a waste, right? Yeah. And so if you're going to hunt Arizona anyway, over the counter, absolutely, you know, tack on the $10 fees to get points. I mean, come on, you know what I mean? And so uh, yeah, it's, it's right. It's not just money down the drain times. It feels that way. Uh, but you can, you can, there's a lot of ways to justify it and, uh, and to make it happen. So. Absolutely. So, uh, so what can we expect from Jason Carter this year? What are you, what are you excited? What else are you excited about this year coming up? Well, yeah, I'm super excited. I'm always excited. <laughs> <I'm> very excitable. <laughs> so, 
anyway, I'm super excited about uh, hunting deer in Nevada. I do that every year. Uh, usually on a landowner text, it's tough to draw, but I'll be doing that. Uh, my kids, I, I hunt with my kids a lot. I've got a kid that's 17. He's going to be graduating high school, not this year, but next year. And so this is like his last fall at home, you know, so I, uh, he had been gaining points. Of course, uh, um, I had been gaining points for him. And so he had six elk points in uh, Wyoming and I drew, uh, got him drawn up there in the bighorns. Uh, super excited for him on that. And he's way excited. He'll have a, you know, a trophy tag, so to speak, just one of those great experiences, limited pressure, hopefully, and, uh, end up, you know, hopefully we'll take a nice bull up there. And then, you know, we also drew an antelope tag at the hunt expo there in our backyard, a Southwest desert tag. Yeah. And then he drew a tag in Nevada for deer, mule deer, uh, you know, in the guide draw and I'm a guide over there. So anyway, he's, uh, he's got three tags. My other kids will hunt Utah and then, uh, you know, we, we apply, of course we get them points and apply, uh, everywhere. And so we'll end up with a few of those tags and then I'll, uh, I've got an elk tag in New Mexico. I drew nice and I'm kind of on a low density garbage unit, but that's what I like. This unit, <laughs> you know, is a high desert, no animals, but the animals there die of old age. And, and that's, I just want to, I like to hunt the oldest, most ancient critters there are and, and, uh, you know, but tough, it'll be, it'll be a tough hunt. So anyway, I'll do that. And then I had another kid draw an archery deer tech January in Northern New Mexico in unit 2B. And that's just an awesome, awesome, awesome hunt. High kill success. The success for youth, the youth hunt in, uh, unit 2B is like a 50 to 60% harvest rate can you believe that with a bow jeez you get kids killing deer six cut 50 and 60 percent harvest rates like anyway we did it last year and he harvested a deer last year and it, it was unbelievable so great opportunity for the youth and so i'll do that and then uh idaho probably try to hunt idaho maybe over the counter meal deer. they've got some you know guys that are willing to work hard have great opportunities in idaho and so i always like spending some time up there and we'll spend some time in Colorado as well. Deer are kind of, deer are kind of what I just live for, you know, so can't have enough quality opportunities on deer. <laughs> That's awesome. So if folks wanted to find, uh, find you online, follow along with all of this, where are they headed? They're headed to epicoutdoors.com. Just get on there. There's uh, some video clips and different things. We also have a YouTube channel. Uh, Epic Outdoors has YouTube. Uh, you can check us out on Instagram. It'd be uh, epic underscore hunts uh, or myself. I'm Ridge Reaper 03 on Instagram. And then we always have links to epic and things that we're doing and, and updates and whatnot. So, yeah, there's a lot going on. But uh, happy to visit with anybody uh, in regards to Western Big Game hunting. That's all we do. And, you know, we love it. We live for it. So, anyway, there's no question that's too dumb either. <laughs> we hear them all and, and we deal with it all and it's just, it's part of the process and it's awesome. We like, we like dealing with customers. Fantastic. Well, make sure to put links up to the website and all the socials on our show notes page uh, for this episode. And one thing I always like to end with is, you know, like we talked about this podcast, I really try and gear it towards folks who either are you know, weren't raised in hunting or are new to it and maybe feel intimidated or just feel like they don't have the resources. Um, 
if somebody came up to you and said they were really interested in hunting, but but just didn't didn't know what to do, um, or or didn't feel like they could do it, what uh, what words of wisdom or advice would you give to that person? Well, I think it's like anything in life. The more time you put into it, and the more you immerse yourself in it, uh, the more comfortable you comfortable you're going to become, and the better are you you're going to the better you're going to become at it. So when I was in college uh, and in high school, I ordered all the regulations for every state. Like that's what you need to do. Like I ordered them from Oregon and Washington and, and just, and read them and you just start reading them and you start, you start grasping the opportunities. And then like these podcasts, well, we didn't have podcasts back when I was, you know, young and dumb and trying to learn everything. All we had to do was, you know, fax machines and, and order stuff on paper. And so, Anyway, but these podcasts are awesome. Just immerse yourself in it, and and you just start learning bit by bit. And even if it's over your head, it's okay, because it's not going to be. One of these days, it's all going to come together for you. And I think it's just a matter of of just diving into it and, and doing it. Like, we talked about your first hunt. You'd laugh if you heard about some of my hunts. Like, <laughs> it, no, no hunt. These hunts don't come off perfect. You're not going to be perfect. And it's okay. It's not the end of the world. It's an outdoor experience. And I think that's part of it is, is just, it's an, it's getting you outdoors. You're, you're going out, you're doing something that's been done for literally centuries and centuries and centuries. And, uh, and it's, it's one of those things you're going to develop an appreciation for if it, when it's done right. And, uh, it's just a matter of, of diving in and, and so, being a sponge, soaking in all the information you can from anybody and everybody you can come in contact with. And then you're going to find what works for you. Don't, don't follow everybody else's dreams. I think you need to follow your own dreams. And if your own dreams are turkey, fish, and upland game or, or waterfowl or whatever, then chase them, you know, that do what, do, do what you like to do. And, and if it's something where you like to experience a little of everything and go to Alaska someday or go to Canada or, or just stay in your home state and participate in what you've got close to home, then great, then dive into it. I think the biggest thing, you know, a lot of people chase the dreams they're supposed to have and things that they're supposed to want. <laughs> if you don't want to hunt sheep, don't hunt sheep. If you, if you, you know, do what makes you happy, but, but hunting is such a rewarding experience uh, if it's done right and tastefully. And there's a lot of hunting opportunities out there. There's nothing, I mean, there is a ton available out there and so anyway i think it's just a matter of immersing yourself in it that is some great advice really want to say thank you for uh taking the time today hopping on a call looking forward to uh seeing the results of the bear hunt i I will definitely be following along on instagram to see uh to see how that turns out you bet you bet well i'm looking forward to it it'll be a long old rainy cold stay but uh, i'm gonna learn a lot and uh and it's, it's gonna be pretty fun so we'll see how it goes awesome well thanks again for hopping on okay you bet sam thank you i appreciate you all right y'all that'll do it for episode 69 of living country in the city make sure y'all head on over to our show notes page at livingcountryinthecity.com slash 69 to get links to all of jason's and epic outdoors socials Also, as of the time I'm recording this, I am off on my pretty epic Western State road trip. Hope y'all are following along, enjoying the uh, photos I'm sending out, and 
I know a few of you have already, but if y'all are along the route, uh, make sure y'all check out my calendar page to see where I'm at. And uh, let me know. I'm going to be throwing a few pint nights, hopefully going on a few hikes and maybe doing a few group workouts with folks. So hope to see y'all out there. But in the meantime, keep it country, y'all. Thank y'all for listening to Living Country in the City. Get show notes and check out the blog, product reviews, events, and more at livingcountryinthecity.com.